Hi everyone, welcome to Wildly Becoming. I'm your host, Rachel Bain. Our stories hold the power to help others overcome. Join us each week to hear incredible real life stories from our guests. We are wildly becoming who God created us to be. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining in to today's episode of the Wildly Becoming podcast. I am excited to be back with you. My name is Rachel Bain, and I am here with my amazing co-host, Joe Glosser. Today's guest is so near and dear to our heart. We have Jeremy Ryan from Rise FM. Hi, Jeremy. Well, hello, ladies. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks. It's good to be here. We love to actually Jeremy. be on this side of it. Yes. So Jeremy is the one that works wonders editing our podcast. So yes. he deserves a trophy. He does because he <laughs> edits my stomach growling. <laughs> oh my gosh. She just totally. Among other things. But <laughs> right, <yeah>. right. <laughs> she just ousted herself big time. <laughs> well, I, I keep him busy. <laughs> <laughs> we are job security for Jeremy. Right. <laughs> Well, Jeremy, I'm so thankful you're here today, and I'm really excited to share with our listeners how God has helped you to overcome extremely tragic adversity in your life. So tell us a little bit about you and your faith journey. Like, when did you start a personal relationship with Christ? I've been a Christian as far back as I can remember. Went to church as long far back as I can remember. And mom used to work in the nursery with all the babies in the back of the sanctuary. My dad used to park cars. So we would, get, we would be like the first ones at church every week so that dad could be there for that very first car. Were you the last to leave also? Uh, no, because they were responsible for themselves getting out of there. It was just, it okay. was just getting there. Yeah. But uh, dad would personally park every car and he would uh, open, open doors for the ladies. And it was, it was really neat because we were always at church. Wednesdays, Sundays, of course, maybe twice a day on Sunday because of youth group when I got older. But when I was real young, two, three years old, I had a Sunday school teacher named Mr. Ring. And Mr. Ring would help all of us kids learn and memorize scripture. Even oh. at that young, it was, it was cool. I love that. And uh, I was reciting my scripture to my dad and mom on the way home in the car one day. And my dad's thinking, you know, if Mr. Ring, seeing Jeremy once a week, can get him to memorize scripture like he does, what would it be like if I helped Jeremy seeing him every day of the week? And so that kind of led into us having story time. We would sit on the end of my bed and my dad and I, and we would talk and just you know, simple things like, you know, what is your teacher's name and what is your phone number? What's your address? You know, and I'd recite all this stuff and then he would help me literally recite scripture. Do you have some of this recorded? Actually, I do. Would you like to hear some? Yes. Yes. This is amazing. I love that your father was understanding discipleship in the home, you know, yes, not just relying on the church to do everything for yes. the family. See, that's huge because yes. I wasn't just getting it once a week. It was something that became a lifestyle. Yes. Yes. Here's a short clip. Hello. Hi. What's your name? Jeremy. And how old are you, Jeremy? Four. Do you know any Bible verses? Yeah. Uh, would you like to say some for me? Yeah. Can you say John fourteen six? 
Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can unto the Father but by me. Wow, that is terrific. Can you say one in Galatians? Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by faith. The Son of God, who loved me, who gave himself for me. That's very good. Oh my so goodness! That's so precious. Just a, just a, so precious. Four I, years old. The former kids pastor in me is over here trying not to cry. Well, the, so, the grandma in me is crying. So, <laughs> but it's so important. Like we have to realize how intelligent children really are. And your father yes. was really so special in your life and so instrumental in you learning God's word. It sounds like absolutely a lot of the scripture that I learned and just you know, the morals and values of my life. I mean, both of my parents gave to that, but my dad was the one who really dug in with me. And not just with me, but when my brother came along, it was old enough to talk and to learn. You know, he did that with my brother as well. How old is your brother? Like, how, what's the age difference between you and he's, your brother? He's two years younger than I am. Okay. He would have been way too young at this point. Yeah. <laughs> what you just heard. <laughs> that is amazing that your parents also recognize the importance of not only teaching both of you, but it sounds like they were living it out in their personal life. Yes, they were taking you to church. You were, mm -hmm. you know, regular church attendees, but it sounds like in your home, they were living out their faith. It's exactly what I remember from my childhood. And then every Christmas, my brother and I, uh, Luke chapter two, there came a decree for Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, so on and so forth. You know, one through 14, I believe it is, that my brother and I used to recite that. Wow, at you know Christmas a lot of scripture. Every year. You well, have a very good memory. Well, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say I do. So growing up, um, your brother was two years younger than you. Mm -hmm. Did you get along well, like as you became teenagers and young adults? How was your relationship with your brother? I, th I think my relationship with my brother was like most siblings. We fought a lot. Yeah. And uh, we loved each other a lot. When we became adults and I started going places, he would come down the side of Ohio. And he'd, I took him to his first Ohio State football game, Fun. which happened to be against the state up north. So that was <laughs> that we a, won't mention. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why I called it that. And uh, the second time I flew on an airplane, it was his first time, and we went out to Reno so that you know I could go, you know, out to nationals for the bowling tournament. Oh, so he oh. went me with me to that. So as we became adults, you know, a little later in life, things you know totally changed. You know, we didn't fight as much, and we always disagreed on things, but it wasn't like you know we had to you know, punch each other in the face anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Did you, you grew out of it? <laughs> eventually, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> Would you say that Jeff, your brother, was actively pursuing a relationship Christ the same that you were? I think that in the younger years, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. There came a time somewhere, I want to say late middle school, where... I don't know if it's because of the people that he was around, the peer pressure, the... I'm, I'm not really sure what it was, but he decided he didn't want to do scripture anymore. He decided he wanted to go, you know, his own way on things, do things, you know, his way. And so it's weird because my brother and I are 
we're not opposites right now, but it's weird how people who live under the same roof with the same parents, with the same, you know, rules, regulations yeah. and such, yeah. how sometimes they could be so different yes. With, yes. with a lot of things. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Especially, like you said, being raised by the same parents, mm-hmm. turning out so much different. Yeah. So Jeff just decided he wasn't much into studying the scripture anymore as he aged. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I just don't think he believed in God the same way that he was brought up to. Okay. I mean, he always he always told me that he had a different idea what God was like, and it fit his lifestyle better than what his lifestyle used to be, like the way I live my life, if that makes sense. What would you say your relationship was like with your parents for you and for Jeff? Did you both have a good relationship with both of your parents growing up? I would say that I think we did. Over the years, there was always, you could always tell that each parent had a favorite. They never said it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. Well, and, and it worked the other way around too, because I remember my brother and I one time, I think we were in high school, we talked about if our parents ever got divorced, then I would go with dad and he would go with mom. And I mean, it was just the way it was. It wasn't anything unusual, just stuff we talked about as kids and it's the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. Family dynamics. Yeah. (laughs) But as I got older, you know, you kind of see where, you know, parents, you know, certain parents went to certain things of certain kids and no family is perfect. By, by any means, you know, in this world right now. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned that you went on trips with Jeff, a couple of trips you mentioned earlier. Yeah, he'd, he'd come down, he'd visit and we'd go out. First time he ever ate sushi was with me. And, you know, it just, we did fun stuff together because as adults, you know, you, you can. Yeah. You, you didn't have the parents hanging over you like, no, you can't go out or you can't do this, <laughs> you can't do that. And it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun together. How did your relationship with your brother Jeff evolve into adulthood? When he went off to college, things kind of changed, I think, for him. I don't know that he was like doing drugs, but I had that feeling that he was. And his, his mind, is, I mean, as, as funny as I can be sometimes, my brother was 10 times funnier. You are funny. You always make me laugh. My yeah. brother was 10 times funnier. Really? I'm telling you hilarious. And he and I would bounce stuff off of each other and we would laugh until we couldn't laugh anymore, till our sides hurt, (laughs) till our cheeks hurt because he was hilarious. But we wouldn't talk about religion. And if we did, I was very cautious about how far I pushed because of, because I didn't want to turn him off with something I said. We would engage in conversation and then it would get to the point where I could tell he was getting frustrated and I would just kind of let it be for then. That's wisdom. Did you feel like he just wasn't believing like you believed? And if you said too much that it would frustrate him? I think that's a good way of saying it. Yeah. Okay. So you just were keeping peace. And I think that's wisdom and sermon too, because the Lord doesn't want us to shove Jesus down people's throat and we don't have to play the Holy Spirit. No. And just being who we are in Christ sometimes is enough for them to see who Jesus is in us. Now, yes. you get the opportunity to share Jesus, and God puts that, lays it on your heart and tells you to. Obviously, you know, you need to do what you're told. Right. But I don't 
walk around town or go to bowling league or whatever <laughs> and just be like, hey, let me talk to you about Jesus. Let me talk to you about Jesus. Let me talk to you about Jesus. Because it's not, you know, Jesus, I could be, yeah, I could be, you know, Jesus in skin. Yeah. It really yeah. is emulating the character of Christ, and we will be known by our love for one another. So that's mm, definitely yeah. a good point. Thank you for addressing that, Jeremy. So yeah. as years went by, what was the relationship dynamic with Jeff and your parents? Well, you know, He's an adult. He's now really not actively pursuing this relationship with Christ, so it seems. So it seems, yes. Once I got out of high school, I went off to college for a couple of years. I wasn't necessarily in the house 24-7 like I had been for the previous 18 years. Right. But when I was back, I could see things and experience things that I wasn't when I obviously was away. And then I, after college, I moved away over to the western side of Ohio here. And again, I'd see family occasionally, but it wasn't like I was living in the house. But you could, you could tell there was a different dynamic after I moved away. My brother and my dad did not have a very good relationship. What I believe led to that was I know that my mom and my dad did not have a very good relationship. Oh, their marriage? Their yes. personal relationship like their with one Their personal another. relationship. Yeah. At one point, I, I felt like my mom and my brother, just take it for how I say it. Okay, don't read into it too much. But I feel like my mom and my brother had a better marriage than what my mom had with my dad because dad was always doing his own thing. And my mom and my brother would go out and go do stuff. So she was investing in her relationship with her son, but the relationship dynamic with her husband was clearly broken. Correct. And not only was her relationship with her husband broken, it was being cast onto my brother as well. It's like a push, from what I've seen. Yeah. push pull dynamic. You've heard about that in families before where if, okay, a married couple, like one of the parents will like start venting to a child or confide mm-hmm. in them. And then it almost kind of turns that child against the other parent. Yes, right? Ex- exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah. So my brother, can't remember how many years of college that he went, but never finished. And then once that was all over with, he'd... Okay. Move back into the house. And you were out of the house. Yes. No longer living at home. I was no longer living in, in yeah, in the house okay. with my parents. Yeah. I'm sure that did make for an interesting dynamic if he's residing in the home, especially because then it's almost like he's seeing the two parents possibly not get along and experiencing mm-hmm. things or again, not knowing any of these people, but sometimes if we're venting to our child about what's going on, it really does almost poison them sometimes against the other parent. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like my mother and my brother were were buddies. They were friends. It wasn't a mother-son relationship. They were more like besties? Yes. Okay. Yes. Very, very much besties. So what happened with your parents? Here we are. They've got their marriage, has some broken places mm-hmm. and needs some healing. Um, you said it was like they were living two separate lives. So how did they ever come together and heal their marriage? What what happened with their marriage and relationship dynamic, especially with your brother living at home? You know, I haven't really thought about that very much. I just know that dad felt broken in the home. 
after years, he wanted to basically kick my brother out because he, you know, in his 30s and still living at home. So your brother and, still lived there in his 30s? Yes. Okay. Yes. And dad wanted to, you know, some tough love. And mom didn't want that because that was her baby. They, they were both born on the same day, by the way. Oh, wow. They really The same had, birthday. So yeah. there's quite a connection yeah. be- between the two of them, you know, legitimately. So in a sense, she was sort of like his security blanket, maybe, or... Yeah. And as far as I know, my brother never had a job other than... I know he worked in a grocery store when he was in, I think, high school for a short period of time. And then he gave guitar lessons because the kid was very musically inclined when it comes to guitars. He could play whatever he wanted. <laughs> wow. It sounds like his God gifting was definitely yes, music. It was. It was. Yeah, I I can't sing. I can play Mary Had a Little Lamb with one finger on the piano, <laughs> but that's that's about the extent of it. So you've got your brother at home still in his 30s. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, you were wondering maybe maybe this could be enabling to Jeff. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's enabling him. And I'm curious, did his relationship with your father improve? Was it strained because of his closeness with mom? It it was definitely strained because of the closeness with mom. Looking back, I can say that it was very enabling because anytime my brother needed money, my mom would get it from dad because dad was the workhorse in the family. Mom didn't work and neither did my brother. It was real tough to be in that dynamic and look at things and go, Something is not right here. You could just you could just feel it in the air. When you would go home, you could tell there was tension. Absolutely. Yes. I also would get phone calls from my father saying, you know, your mom's doing this, your mom's doing that, or, you know, your brother, so on and so forth. And I'd be like, Dad, I get it. I trust you. I've not seen it. So I can't say, I understand. But I'm, I'm listening to you and I hear you. That's a really awkward space for you to be in too, because it's kind of them putting you in the middle. Well, and I was always in the middle because since I moved out of the house, this will help with the dynamic piece you were talking about. If I wanted to know something or if I wanted to tell each of my parents something, I would have to call my dad and tell him. Then I would get off the phone with him and I would call my mother and I would talk to her and let her know what was going on because the communication in the home was non-existent. Okay. So there's a big breakdown. Yes. And you have to wonder because of the relationship dynamic, if it caused Jeff to really build a lot of animosity towards your father. I would believe that would be true. Yeah. Yeah. Were they always married? Yeah. Were they still going to church? Like, was that a part of their life still? Yeah, very much a part. But the piece that I think was missing, they went to church, but I don't know that there was a real relationship with Christ, a personal relationship with Christ. Yeah, we could talk about that for hours. (laughs) Because people go to church in a ritual type of way, and they think, this is what I need to do. But There's so much more to it than just church attendance. Right. If you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus, then church really means nothing. It's just a, to me, it's just a show. 
It's yeah. just something that you're doing to make yourself look good to other Christians. For listeners today, what are a couple of things we could just tell them real quickly? Because I want to stay on your story here, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like someone's listening today that may not know what that looks like, an intimate relationship with Christ. I just want to interject real quick. Talk to God. Mm-hmm. Talk to God every day in your personal private time. Pray. That's just talking to God. You can be real with God because he knows already anyways. Read your Bible. You don't even have to have a physical Bible now. There are all these Bible apps. You can get online and look up scripture anywhere. You can listen to sermons online. But I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. And then I want to get right back to your story. Because your story is showing here that your parents, there is a possibility they were struggling having an intimate relationship with Christ. Because if you're truly having an intimate relationship with Christ, you're going to work on your marriage. And you're going to respect one another. Yes. At one point, my dad went on the Emmaus walk. Oh, And wow. I happened to be on team for that weekend. So I got to watch my dad take communion for the first time in all the years that I could remember. I watched him cry at the altar, asking for repentance from God for all the stuff that he's done in his life. I got to see him change in that moment. I wish I could remember the date. I don't remember when that was. But from that moment forward, I can tell you that my dad changed. He started tithing. He started getting into his Bible, which I have right here. I use it now. Oh, It's sitting right here. If you were to open that up to any page, words are underlined, they're circled, they're traced. That man got into the word. He's got little notes and questions or talking to God. God, help me do this. That's amazing that you have that. What a gift. Oh, it it absolutely is. Yeah, priceless. And so I saw a turn with my dad. I saw his life change. That's powerful. God's transformation in our lives. Yeah. Okay. So what ends up happening with your parents and your brother? Let me go back real quick. In high school, my dad told me, which is really tough for a high schooler to have to carry for years. Dad told me that when my brother and I eventually moved out of the house, that he and mom would probably get divorced. Okay, so he already knew. So he already knew way back then that things were not going to work out But like Patrick Weaver talked about that scripture on divorce, that that God hates divorce, really weighed on him. And he did not divorce my mother because he felt like God hated divorce. So many people have stayed in abusive, loveless, toxic marriages for years. One day I get this text from a cousin of mine that lives in West Virginia that says, praying for you, I love you. I'm looking at this text going, well, that's cool. <laughs> and so I text back and I was like, hey, thanks for the random text and prayer. And, and then I put in parentheses, unless there's something that I don't know, winky face. Needless to say, he was the first contact in me finding out that my father had died. 
that oh day. Oh my gosh. So wow. you found this out through a text message? Yeah. My cousin did not directly tell me that, but he said, you need to call her uncle. So I called the uncle. The uncle didn't want to tell me anything until he got to my house. But I made him tell me what was going on. He says, are you sitting down? And I lied to him and I said, yes. And I was standing in my living room and he says, your brother shot your dad and he didn't make it. Oh my goodness, Jeremy. How old were you? I was 40 years old at the time. 40 years old. I am 48. So it's been this, this May 6th will be eight years since, since this happened. And it still feels like yesterday. We are so, so, so sorry for your loss. Like I was in shock at first. I said, okay. And my uncle goes, are are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, I'm on my way. Cause he was in Columbus. You know, he's a good hour away. He's like, don't do anything stupid. I said, okay, I won't. Got off the phone and I hit the floor and bawled my eyes out. Knowing that I would never see my dad again. I'd never get another text from him. I would never get another hug. He was known for his hugs. He hugged deeply. And I'm really glad that the last one that I got from him was a really deep hug. And I bawled my eyes out. And in the midst of it, God reminded me that one of my neighbors was an old Baptist minister. And we used to talk across the fence line once in a while when we were both out mowing the lawn out doing other yard work. And he always told me, he says, Jeremy, if you ever need anything, just come over to the house. Oh, wow. I'm here. I just kind of, okay, yeah, no problem. Well, in that moment of laying on the floor, sobbing, I remembered those words that he told me. I don't know if I even shut the front door, but I ran over the house. I knocked on the door. He immediately brought me in, sat me down, got me calmed down. What's going on? What's happening? So I just told him what little bit that I knew. And the man opened up the word of God. He shared scriptures with me. And the word of God really literally helped calm me down to the point where I was able to you know, get myself back together. You were probably wow. in shock. Absolutely. I mean, did you ever any time think about calling your mom as soon as you hung up the phone with your uncle? No, because I didn't think about very much yeah. at yeah. that shock. moment in time. No. It's so wild to me that you did, though. It seems like God brought back to your memory mm-hmm. the neighbor that was always saying, if yeah. you need anything. Because you ran to him. Yes. We didn't hang out. I didn't go over and play cards at his house or, you know, have meals together. You know, we saw each other once in a while, but God knew I needed him at that moment. Yes. And that's where I went. And prior to this tragedy, obviously... The Bible says our spirits bear witness with one another. Mm -hmm. You know, you resonated that that was, that guy was good, you know, your spirit and his spirit. And so you're right. God knew that you needed that, but it's it's like the way that he handled you, even opening up God's word and he's began ministering to you and bringing you back scriptures that your father read to you. Yes. 
Absolutely. It was an incredible moment in the, what I could consider to be the worst moment of my life. It was an incredible moment to be living that moment, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. It's so emotional because Jill hit the nail on the head that, you know, you played the recording of you reciting scripture at four years old mm-hmm. and your father, that was so important to him to teach his son God's word. Yeah. And then at the end of his life, here God comes reminding you of his word again and his promises for you. And you know, until you just said that, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, that's that's, that's like beyond powerful. You know, coming full circle. Yeah, that was like God ministering to you, not just mm-hmm. because his heart for you is so so loving and kind, but and not just his word because it's powerful and it's our weapon of warfare, but also that was your dad. Right. Your heavenly father and your earthly father yeah. all wrapped up all in right the one. There. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy, thank you so much for sharing your part of the story this week. This is a lot to unpack. We're going to come back and we're going to jump right in where we left off today and hear the rest of Jeremy's story. We want to thank you so much, Jeremy, for sharing with us. We want to thank our listeners today for joining in the Wildly Becoming podcast. Jill, thank you for being an amazing co-host. And as always, friends, stay wild. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Rachel Bain Ministries. Send me a message or leave a comment and I'd love to get back to you. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast by clicking the subscribe button. Remember, you are wildly becoming who God created you to be. The Rise FM Podcast Network.